Welcome to Fringe Division. Degrees. Hello and welcome to Fringe Division, a spoiler-free rewatch podcast of the hit TV show Fringe. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Martin. And today we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 2, The Same Old Story, which first aired in the US on September 16th, 2008, on Fox in the US, and on October 12th, 2008, on Sky 1 in the UK. No other countries matter. <laughs> Well, you see, I was going to put other countries, like Australia and stuff, but it either didn't air in other countries, or, like in the case of Australia, it aired in different networks. Yeah. So, it's easier just saying that. Usually, they would air in different networks here. It would air, like, on mm. Sky 1, and they would give, get rid of it, and then, or Channel 4 would have it first, and then Sky 1 would have it, and then, you know what I mean? And then Sky 1 would buy it. And then put up billboards saying that Channel 4 has cancelled it, so get Sky because we're still showing it. Yeah, exactly. It was written by Jeff Pink... It was written by Jeff Pinkner, J.J. Abrams, Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi and directed by Paul A. Edwards. Right, what's going to happen is this, Martin? What? Say your line, Martin. Oh, yes, I have lines. What's going to happen is this, Jimmy? And I will go through the plot of the episode and have a discussion that will be the spoiler-free for the rest of the show. Martin. What's going to happen is this. Jimmy and I will go through the plot of the episode and have a discussion that will be spoiler-free for the rest of the show. Thank you. That was very well said. Um, What's going to happen is this. Right, stop it now. Right, so... Uh, <laughs> well, you don't need to say it again. Martin, um, yes. this episode, what did you think? Um, it was fine. Yeah. It's been said that the second episode is the hardest to write of any in the series because you've got to make something that both works if the viewer saw the pilot and stands on its own if they're tuning in for the first time. And you see that a lot with the first scene where everyone gets reintroduced and yeah. the concept is uh, presented again. I don't mind that as much because that makes sense because they're having a meeting. There's a point where Peter says the name of the mental institution that he got yeah. Walter out of and the fact that he said um, the name of the institution and I got you out of there, Remember? And then that's throughout. It's stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's a bit too much. But the opening scene didn't bother me. That was a good introduction, I think. That was a good... um, Because that wasn't a, as you know. The rest are as you know lines. (laughs) And it's a pretty good mystery with uh, a uh, kind of Benjamin Button baby. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So... Yeah, it was all right. It's not, it's not as good as the it's not as good as the first episode as the pilot, but yeah, which is you know, 
sometimes you would have a pilot that's not that great, and then the show kicks in as it goes on. But Fringe starts off pretty strong, so you know that's always that's always good when it comes to TV shows. Um, right. So here's I'm going to read the plot, and Martin's going to interrupt me when I have something to say. Um. And that, but that's a good thing. I want him to, so I'm not just speaking the entire time because I will. If it's dead air, I will speak, unless I'm waiting. And Martin saying something. A prostitute is abandoned. That's nice. A prostitute is abandoned by an unknown man at a hospital. Dangerously. You're supposed to call them sex workers. Jimmy. I know. Well, I'm reading it from I am. No, IMDb. I'm reading it from Wikipedia. Wikipedia is bad. You can change that. I can. A sex worker is abandoned by an unknown man at a hospital. I can't believe Dan- I donated to them. What, Wikipedia? Yeah, if they're going to use that kind of language. I know. Right. A sex worker is abandoned by an unknown man at a hospital dangerously in labour, but she wasn't two minutes ago, so dun-dun-dun. She dies as the doctors perform a cesarean section, but the child ages rapidly in minutes, soon dead having aged to the likes of a 90-year-old man. Right. The opening scene, I thought, was really intense. No, it wasn't intense. It was in a hotel room. Uh, because it was a lot of screaming mm. in that opening scene, it scared my cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but your cat is French, so it probably wouldn't have understood what was going on. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, I just want to point out that the woman's name uh, is Lorraine Daisy, and my newborn niece is called Daisy, so I just wanted to point that out. Aww. Right, yeah. I do think this is a pretty good... Um, MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. It's pretty scary. And yeah. uh, it's uh, got me interested. Olivia Dunham, Peter Bishop and Walter Bishop, new members of the Fringe Division, are called to investigate by Division Head Philip Broyles and his amazing voice, believing the case to be part of the pattern, in quotes, the pattern, um, which is a string of mysterious incidents. I think this is pretty fucking mysterious, don't you? Yeah, I just yeah, said that. Exactly. Um, the woman is identified as having recently left a local motel and Olivia finds evidence that points to a past serial murder case that she and her former partner and lover, John Scott, were not able to solve. <laughs> um, Olivia explains to Peter that their murderer would paralyse his victims, young women, then make an incision along their face to extract a piece of brain material, killing the victim in the process. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of yucky bits in this one. Yeah. So, I think uh, the character of Peter is quite sort of selective in what he finds disgusting in this in this episode, what he's very squeamish about. Mm. Because he doesn't like getting told that. He he says, no, don't, you know, don't continue on with that. But she does anyway, which I found funny. Um, and he squirms at seeing the dead woman. Mm. That's bad. But the hand in the jar and seeing a dead woman's eye standing up on its stock, that's perfectly fine for Peter. Yeah, I don't know. I was looking away at that point. <laughs> it has to be said that... What, uh, that me, Jimmy, I'm a horror person. I like horror movies. And Martin is um, a scaredy cat. Yeah. Fringe does this thing where it's, uh, it, you know, they're like, oh, here's a really theoretical idea that probably won't work. Let's try it. Oh, it was fine. 
Yeah. And uh, obviously they did that last week with the uh, brain dream mind meld thingy. And yeah. uh, again here with the uh, checking the reflection on the uh, on the uh, iris retina. I think that's quite clever. Well, it's a... Um, um, I don't think it's new. I think it's been used in other things, but... Well, yeah, they um, they attribute it to um, H.G. Wells. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's right. Um, you think you think I I didn't just watch this episode last night, Martin? But I did. I, I I don't think scientifically it actually works. No. Outside of TV. Yeah, that's not really how it works. But fine. <laughs> it's it's science fiction for a reason, Martin. Walter takes both corpses back to his lab and determines that the woman had only been pregnant minutes before giving birth, her child having accelerated ageing disease. Right. So, let's just sort of go back a bit to the hospital where they find the... they find the, the, the corpse of the old man baby. There's a bald man just standing behind him. I just thought that was interesting. That was interesting. I wonder yeah. if that will crop up again later. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm lying. Walter is reminded of having previously done work in this field and remembers where he stashed his car that contains the related files, which is handy. Once they are retrieved, Olivia makes a connection to the pituitary... How do you say that word, Martin? Pituitary gland. Pituitary... Just like that. It's fine. Pituitary gland. Right. Olivia makes a connection to the pituitary gland. Gland. Jesus Christ, I can't speak. Uh, which con- controls growth in humans and informs Charlie Francis, uh, who's not her boss. <laughs> but he is a heavy smoker. Yes, with that voice. Um, to monitor recent cases where the victim's pituitary gland has been removed. The... Um, episode kind of lost me here. Mm-hmm. This is where I sort of zoned out a little bit because I didn't really think this stuff was as interesting no. as say the uh, you know the stuff like the guy who is aging and stuff. It just didn't interest me as much as the stuff from the pilot. Do you agree, or did you love this? Love this more yeah, than the pilot. Yeah, the grossy, brainy, cutouty bits didn't really. Uh, win me over, I have to say. Yeah. And the uh, baddie in this one is a main character in the Netflix House of Cards. All right. Uh, he played Seth Grayson, who is one of the uh, political people in that program. <laughs> okay. It's interesting rewatching shows like this and being like, hey, that bloke who's in one episode went on to be a main cast member in this other show. And you sort of watch it in a different way once you realise that. Yeah. Olivia and Peter turn to an expert in progeria. Progeria? I don't know. Let's call the whole thing off. Dr. Penrose, uh, to try to learn more about rapid ageing. But Dr. Penrose cannot help him any further, though Peter suspects he is hiding something. Yeah, yeah. Well done there, Peter. Um, He's clearly hiding something. Why would they, you know, have them just in one scene? Learn how TV works, Peter. It's not your first time. I know. <laughs> uh, you were pacey for seven seasons or something, for Christ's sake. Uh, unseen by the French division, Dr. Penrose visits an abandoned warehouse and meets the murderer, Christopher. 
It's a good name for a murderer. Um, his son, who suffers from rapid aging syndrome, Penrose warns Christopher to be careful and that they only need one more woman to complete the process. That's, you know, handy. By this time, Charlie has found a recent murder victim killed in the same fashion as Olivia's serial murderer. Right, let's talk about Charlie a wee bit. Mm-hmm. He He's kind of like the, the male Astrid of the show so far. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of Charlie, to be honest with you, because he is, he, he doesn't really believe Olivia. He's always like nice to Olivia and they're clearly friends, but the way he talks down to her sometimes about like John, she, he clearly doesn't believe that John was a traitor. Yeah. We see that in the scene where he's talking to other agents. That it's innocent until proven guilty. He doesn't believe it at all. They never really figure out what they want to do with him. No. Well, so far they haven't. No. He's got potential, but it kind of feels like they've given themselves more plates than they need in terms of characters in the spinning plate sense. So yeah. if the chemistry had been better between him and Denim, they could have focused more on that. But because Walter and Peter had such an interesting dynamic, they don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm just not a fan of Charlie at the moment, but we'll see. I genuinely can't remember the the bad guy, the Christopher. Yeah, uh, he looks. It's not the same actor, but he looks a bit like Jarvis from Agent Carter. On occasion, just every now and then, he looks a bit like Jarvis. Yeah, I can see that. It kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, is that Jared? No, it's not. I'm still annoyed they cancelled Agent Carter. Yeah, that was a good what, show. Why the hell don't they bring it back? It's so much better than absolutely everything else they've ever done. <laughs> I, I will defend Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I love that show, but yeah, Agent Carter was really good. Um, Apparently, according to the trivia, Martin, Stoughton, Massachusetts is completely landlocked. So there wouldn't be any bridges in it. Oh, that's ruined it for me. That's that just has. that's just ruined it all now. Or um, is mm-hmm. that a bit of fringe science showing something weird was afoot? Hmm? Yes, could be. I think it was just a mistake. Um, <laughs> uh, Penrose warns Christopher to be careful. I've done that one. Um, by this time, Charlie, I've done that one. <laughs> <laughs> At Walter's lab, they identify the protrusory gland <laughs> has been removed. Uh, they they rationalise the murderer must extract hormones from the glands to slow down his own ageing process. Walter guesses they can discover the location of the crime by looking at the images left in the woman's op- optical nerves induced by the paralysing sedative, which I think is bollocks, but I'm not a scientist. I only play one on TV. Borrowing an electronic pulse camera for Massive Dynamic because they needed to get Nina Sharp in the show somehow again. Um, They discovered the image of a suspension bridge near Stoughton, which, as we said, wouldn't be there, and identify the length of the location from which it was viewed. The same warehouse that Dr. Penrose visited. The FBI converge in the building and Olivia and Peter find Penrose about to cut into another victim. Did you notice that... um... Nina Sharp had a completely different office to last week. Yeah, that happens quite a lot, doesn't it? In second episodes. 
they tend to uh, use as many locations for pilots as they can. Mm-hmm. And once they go to series, they uh, start building stuff. But I was like, hang on a minute. I think that just shows how much resources that company really has, that they can just build offices on a weekly basis on the executive's whim. Yeah. The pilot was filmed in Vancouver, I think. Or it was... It was the pilot was filmed either in Vancouver or Toronto. But Are you sure? It was quite good weather. Yeah. But the rest of the series... The rest of season one is shot in New York. Huh. And then they go back to Canada for the rest of the show. Seasons two onwards. I'm pretty sure that's what J.J. Abrams told me <laughs> on the phone last night. <laughs> does he Does he talk to you, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah he does. Me and him are friends. Like um, yeah, no, that's what he said in the, the audio commentary. Olivia chases off Christopher, who eventually succumbs to his rapid ageing and dies. While Peter, after nicking Penrose of a bullet, confers with Walter to apply a makeshift defibrillator to bring the victim back to life. I don't know why they're bothering. They can wake him up for after six hours. Yeah, true. But they, they didn't want this woman to die, though, is the point. Oh. Um, as they wrap up the case, Olivia, Peter and Walter complete forms to finalise their position in the fringe division. Paperwork! Yay! Uh, when Peter is out of earshot, Walter learns from Olivia that the FBI medical files on Peter's childhood are void of any details. Okay. That's a weird way of saying that. Um, so, yeah. I like how Peter's just like, I'm not signing my rights away, and everyone else is just, is just like, lol. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't be a dweeb, Peter. Sign your right to privacy away. Yeah. The whole Peter mystery is one of the strongest points of the show because it's it seems at first glance to be really on the nose and something we've seen a hundred times and you watch this first scene between them and you're just like, oh right, give it six episodes and it'll turn out he's a clone. Mm -hmm. End of. And it's really satisfying how it all plays out. Yeah. There's a scene where he's like, well, you've obviously seen... Uh, my medical record so you'll know about Peter and Olivia's like eh? and he's like never mind should we sense you know should we think there's maybe something between Peter and Olivia here there's a little bit of chemistry a little bit of sort of flirting going on possibly Um, possibly yeah it's a bit early to tell really yeah so the uh, the symbols that pop up during the uh, the adverts uh, the, yeah. the pop up during adverts. This week they spell out the word child. Ooh. Yes. Peter was a child? He was once. And the baby was a child? Yes. <laughs> right. So, what is your um, Walter line of the episodes, Martin? What, what Walter line tickled your fancy the most? I like when they get to uh, the crime scene. And Broyles uh, goes over to him and go, and Walter just goes, It's got a new feature. It warms your ass. Yeah. I, I wrote that one down too. Mm. Um, but also, I did like the line where um, Walter hands Peter a jar with a hand in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter's just been a smart arse and they send, it says, Friend of yours? 
And Walter just says, oh, I certainly hope not. There's so many lines that I'm like, that's going to be my Walter line of the week. Yeah. And when I go to write it down, I realise it's not a particularly good line, <laughs> but it's just how John Noble says it that yeah. really sells it. Yeah, John Noble's really bloody good. It has to be said. It's just, sometimes he's just standing there, and it's just like his tics and his mannerisms, and he's not even saying anything, but it's just so well acted. Um, yeah. You know, you believe this man was locked up for 17 years. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think this episode is as good as the pilot. and But I don't remember what the next episode is. So um, I'm looking forward to revisiting that and then seeing yes. if it's the same quality as the pilot or not as good. Um, the next episode is called uh, The Ghost Network. So, ooh, ooh ghosts, probably not. Um, do you have anything else to say about this episode of Fringe, Martin? It's a good one because um, it, it's like we're saying, you know, it has to do a lot. Um, you know, it sort of has to be another pilot, but be different from the pilot. And I think it does that well. Yeah, It's one of those episodes that I sort of, you kind of think as just being one of those sort of by the numbers ones, but actually there's a lot of character stuff that um, pulls you through. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it sort of establishes a a rapport between Olivia and um, Peter, which we didn't really get from the pilot because they were quite adversarial. Yeah. Um, And we start to see the beginnings of Walter and Peter, uh, you know, working together and, um, that relationship. I really like the scene where they're trying to sleep mm-hmm. and um, you know um, the sort of you see more hints of water being more lucid. Yeah. And it's something like it would be really easy just to make him be the guy who does silly lines and save the day at the last minute. Um, but they really put a vulnerability through which you otherwise... Uh, you know, wouldn't get, and you wouldn't. The series wouldn't work without that. Yeah, and I like that because the opening scene between those two, um, Peter is just really pissed off. For like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just been woken up, which is fine, but he finds Walter in the uh, cupboard, uh, in the wardrobe, and he's really you know pissed off about it, and it's like just. The man's been in that institution for 17 years, just leave him be. But by the end, yeah. Peter is like, right, the only way that's going to help Walter get to sleep is if I sing Row, 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 Your Boat. And he mm-hmm. does it, which is a big step up for Peter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like that. I do like, I mean, there's, there's, the character stuff's really good. There, yeah. I mean, there's characters in this that are getting. Astrid has like one line, um, yeah. Charlie's sitting behind a desk. Um, it's those two and uh, Nina Sharp is only in two scenes, and is you know, Chris Stephen Broyles is barely in this one. But um, I think they've got far too many characters, as you said earlier. Yeah, there's too many of them. Uh, get rid of a couple, and it might be a bit better. It might flow a bit better. This does, in a way, feel like a show from another era. Right. Because you simply don't get that kind of 
this is a show that potentially, you know, although it could be cancelled in six episodes, it could run for years, Mm -hmm. and they need to establish mysteries that they're not going to give you the answers to for years, but they also have 20 episodes this year to fill up. Yeah. You know, you just don't get that anymore. You know, most shows go for like 10 episodes a season these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even on the big networks, they don't tend to do the 20 episode runs anymore. I think that's kind of why we're having the reaction we're having of like, oh, why is there so many characters? And why is there, you know, why are they repeating the same sort of hints over and over? It's because this was a ongoing thing that was on the slow burn. Yeah. And also we probably wouldn't, be so drawn to it if you're watching it week in week out mm. um you know it used to be that the tv told you when you were allowed to watch things <laughs> and if you didn't turn up you missed it mm-hmm. and there are definitely some shows from around this time or a few years later where they were more aware that people were watching on on home media and uh the pacing is very different yeah um i've just been reading um some trivia and um, goofs. Of... Oh, God's sake, you weren't even listening to of me? Of course I was. Um, but I... That was some of the best work. Well, that was really good. I was, I was very impressed. But I didn't have anything to say about it because you said that You were all. reading? No. No. I'd read earlier and I was just leaving it there to read again to you. I, I didn't have anything to say because I agree with you. Right, okay, let's do it this way. Yeah, I agree with that. How's that? Is that, is that all right for you? That'll cut in nicely. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I was reading like trivia, and apparently there was a clue for this episode that was in the pilot episode, because on a flyer opposite the massive dynamic building, the rebus of a pen and a rose can be seen, and that is, that's alluding to Dr. Penrose. So, I don't know if that's... I think that's reaching slightly. Yes. There's a pen and a rose, so Dr. Penrose. But we'll see. Maybe there is more of that. It's just something that we never noticed. Maybe there is more clues. Maybe. Um, and when Olivia hands Peter her backup gun uh, in the warehouse, she tells him that there's a safety on the right. Apparently, this is a Glock 26, which doesn't have a manual safety on it. So there you go. I don't know the ins and outs of uh, FBI procedure, but I'm not sure if you actually are supposed to just give guns out to civilian helpers. No, you're not. No. It's absolutely barmy that she would do that. He actually shouldn't be there either. Um, I do do wonder uh, what kind of salary they've put Peter and Walter on. Yeah, I think... I'm assuming maybe they're just getting like room and board. I don't know if they're actually getting paid as as such, but they're in well, a nice. Walter's ho- doing a job at least. Yeah, they're doing a, They're in a nice hotel room. Well, Peter sa- mm. Peter saves that woman's life. Yeah, but that's not actually a job that they advertise. No, that's for. true. That's well, just... it is um, a medic or doctor. <laughs> well, well, he he is there to supervise Walter. He is. He has his role. He is definitely. He's not Astrid. He's actually there to, to do something, and that's to, to uh, look after Walter and to placate, well, placate Walter and to be a dick to his dad. Um, but that's Peter's job. Dick to my dad. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> so, I think you and I may actually disagree in this episode a little bit, because I thought this was quite sort of... You seem to like it a little bit more than I did. But... 
Um, but I didn't hate it. I just thought it was quite sort of dull. It was. I did notice that on IMDb, this one had a significant point drop off from the pilot. I think the pilot has about eight, and this was like a seven. Right. Um, and I'd say that's fair. It's like uh, one of those shows that I wouldn't be particularly motivated to watch again because mm-hmm. uh, I just watched it. But like, I'd probably be quite surprised, pleasantly surprised that actually there's a lot more going on than just the bad of the week plot. Yeah, yeah. There's they're, they're leaning things there to uh, to make us think. But I think um, Mark Valley um, still has a credit in the opening credits, even though his character's mm-hmm. dead um, and doesn't appear in this episode apart from no, uh, he flashbacks. does appear in this episode and flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, but you still got to pay him. No, they're not going to pay him. Yeah. No, they don't pay him for flashbacks. If he films some, yeah, they do. No, they don't. If they film extra yeah, for him, they can do. But they don't because he's already. If he's credited as a lead, like in the the opening credits, he's getting paid anyway, regardless. So he's still getting paid for the episode if his name's in the opening credits. That's why some. Some shows don't include everyone in the opening credits unless they're actually in the episode. Uh, some shows are known to do that. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, by the way, we did mention last week that um, uh, Peter Bishop is actually a genius in his own right. He's got a very high IQ. Yes. Yes. So that's something as well that I don't think we've actually seen yet. We've, he's not actually shown that he's that smart. He's just shown that no. he's maybe like a like a, a bit of a con man, a jack of all yeah. trades. But we've never actually seen him show that he's that he's intelligent enough. They just say that he's intelligent. Show don't tell. So that's all we have time for. I'd like to thank um everyone for listening. Uh, as I said, the next episode is The Ghost Network, which is episode three, and I don't remember it at all. So uh, there's a lot. If that doesn't motivate you to watch it, I don't know what will. Well, Fringe episode three, the Ghost Network, forgettable. No, I don't mean it's forgettable. I just mean I don't remember it. It's been what twelve years. That's since the definition I've... of forgettable. But it's surely been, I've seen it twelve years ago, Martin. I haven't watched it since. So I'm not saying the episode is forgettable. I'm just saying I forgot it. I, I may watch it and then go, oh yeah, I remember this one, but I don't. Yeah, right now I will. don't remember it. All right. Fine. <laughs> if you'd like to follow the podcast, it's it's my old, it's my old, it's my other podcasts. Um, Twitter at Drop the Pilot Pod. Uh, I don't think I'll set one up for this. I don't think it's going to last that long. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, shiftybench.co.uk. Uh, contact at shiftybench.co.uk is our uh, email address. For more from the Shifty Bench Podcast Network. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you, Martin? Ah, uh, I'm on Twitter. It's at the Fowdle. Thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Cut this. <laughs> <laughs>